it's Saturday, the 1st of May, 2021, and this is episode 395 of Digital Outbox. Hello, welcome to another episode of Digital Outbox. I am Chris and I am with Ian as well. Morning, Chris. I don't think, did we ever sort of celebrate the fact that we had a day when we did enough podcasts that you could listen to us every single day for a whole year? I don't think we did. Uh, uh, I don't we're well we did. past that now, so anyway. Yeah, I think, I, I, well, it vaguely sounds like you might have mentioned that, but I don't think we did. No, I don't think so. It, was, it sounded like something we should have mentioned, but there you go. Now you can listen to us for like a year and a few months. Brilliant. Basically, basically a year after that event, it's kind of triggered in your head. Well done. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, NVIDIA is our opening story today. They have, well, we mentioned a couple of uh, times ago, I think, uh, um, they could have... Uh, 40 billion they've paid for armor to take them over at the time everyone kind of went wow what a lot of money for a uk firm and isn't that amazing aren't we good at technology and then other people have now come along and said hang on a sec nvidia have bought them which means they're probably going to take them over to america and it probably means that all the jobs that we had and this amazing tech firm that we had and had incubated is going to disappear so they've kind of for national interests people have asked for a review of this takeover and whether they're going to allow it Yes, and and we're seeing chips becoming a, you know, chips in general are, are of national importance because there's a shortage of them. Um, to me, it's like it's a steel industry from probably what hundred years ago, two hundred years ago, when it was all these you know protective you know type industries, and you know if you were a if you were a, an important player, you had your own sovereign you know capability. And Arum, so it's Arum isn't currently UK owned, so I'm just checking SoftBank. Yeah, SoftBank owns Japan company. Yeah. Um, so when so when you know after Brexit vote they kind of they, they stepped in and bought Arm and now they're selling them on, um, and the UK government is I think sensibly saying hold on is this the right thing to do? Yeah, I mean I don't I don't know the sort of lengths that regulations and and they can get their claws into all this, but I'm guessing because there isn't you know national interest they probably do. But yeah, I guess it's like saying hang on this is the last this is the only thing really. <laughs> We seem to be world leading. At Arm are definitely world leaders. Um, you know they are dominant, and you know they are, they exist in all of the main technologies that are out there. Um, and yeah, do we want to just let that slide away and leave our shores? I guess that's the risk and uh, and what's at stake. And and Nvidia are alongside Apple, Samsung, Qualcomm users of Arm designs. So it's yeah. it's it's hugely hugely influential. I wonder uh, what that'll mean for Apple as well. I was in whether they they get fully uncomfortable with this whole situation. Obviously, they're moving toward their own technologies, but I believe they're all based around um, the same kind of structures, aren't they? I, I don't know the actual ins yeah. and outs of the M1. Yeah. Yeah. So 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 there's there's no doubt that that Nvidia holding or owning Arm, I think would would you know, cause concern for Apple. Because for, for whatever reason, Apple and NVIDIA have not had a good relationship. Um, so I think I think that would cause issues. But I think just in general, we need, you know, and, and it's, back to, it's back to how serious the country is around, you know, we've, we've done Brexit, wrong decision for, you know, for both ourselves, but it's done now. And if we are going to be, you know, leaders around the world, you can't just say, well, China, Japan, America, quite happy for these corporations just to own... You know, what but are equal, jewels? equally if you're um if you're trying to sell that asset on and then you get blocked that's not particularly good and open competition and and you know it's, no. it doesn't necessarily go right well it, you know as big firms looking to invest in a country they don't necessarily want the government sticking their oar in all the time um so yeah but, but we are seeing the cma getting getting a lot more um a lot more toothy is that the right? <laughs> you know, so... definitely gonna bite something yeah yep yeah Parler are set to return to the Apple App Store. This was the this is the sort of social media platform that was set up when people were re- ejected from Twitter for saying hateful and right wing things. They all decided to shove on over to Parler and the service. Then they got sort of deplatformed, um, but Apple is allowing them back now onto their App Store. Um, they're saying that they've put in place um, policies, procedures, practices that allow them to be back on the App Store. Yeah, it seems a strange one. Um, and Cook, Cook in an interview had said a couple of weeks ago with Kara Swisher that 
you know, he hopes that Parler can come back. And it seemed a strange one to call out in the context of the interview that, um, that you know, because it was, I mean, it's, I mean, we think, we think Twitter's toxic. This was, you know, this was an absolute cesspool. But um, it was a kind of self-feeding cesspool. But I, mean, I guess that's even worse, is that there's not yeah. a lot of... Um, I, I guess, ultimately, when it comes down to free speech, there may have, you know, there may be people that want to use that platform for their own legitimate... Uh, free speech as you know aspects and there's certainly still a big argument to be had around the whole world around even even journalistic free speech you know users free speech what people can and can't do what is and is not because what is and is not acceptable to the outrage of social media doesn't mean that's the correct barometer of what you know what is right and wrong people scream if they're about things they don't agree with even though that you know they could be potentially a legitimate point of view or they are a legitimate point of view so um yeah i I think we it's good that we don't overreact to the internet falling over themselves with you know uh, being aghast and and in, in you know offended insulted but equally it does seem it does seem like all this is going to do is going to appear on the app store and a short while later they'll they'll either be deplatformed or something else will kick off again it feels like it i mean it wasn't just apple i mean all, all big tech kind of distance themselves back in january with the Oh, the Didn't they get rights. removed from AWS as well? In, wasn't uh, yeah. The same thing, yeah, and then I, I think they went, and I think they were going to sue them because they reckoned it was a you know a breach of their, their contract. But uh, yeah, it's it, uh, I don't know. It just it just seems as I said, strange one for for Apple to call out against. Apple have been charged over their anti-competitive app policies. So EU um, Commission, uh, the regulator, has come forward and said. Yeah, consumers are losing out in this, um, in these with these policies and procedures. Therefore, yeah, there is a fine to be paid. I, I don't think the figures have been released, but it would be a big fine. So obviously, Apple are looking to get uh, sort of appeal or whatever. But but yeah, it's interesting that the pressure now is on even from the European Commission, which is traditionally now the place that is pro-consumer. It is the place that fights hard for rights. Um, and actually is probably the most stringent. We've seen that with all their privacy rules and rulings and stuff. And they are very forthright on it. It's, it's all down to the consumer and what, whether they're losing out. It's not about these big businesses and who's getting a percentage of what and where. It's about the fact that consumers having to pay more <laughs> for for something they could get cheaper if it wasn't for these rules. Um, yeah. So it's um, and this is all based on sort of Spotify. Spotify raised these complaints, um, and EU's found in in their favour. It's a fine and maybe policy changes. And I think we've, so we've seen some policy changes, but they've been small. You know, they've not been, you know, we've seen Spotify complain. Epic are obviously in, in a, a pretty a pretty ugly legal battle. And I can't remember how many places now. I know it was like UK, Europe, Australia, America. There seemed to be lots of just filing, hoping that one of them, it's almost like a domino thing it feels like. They're hoping that one place will go, right, we've made a decision and it falls in their favour. Um I, 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 we'll see where this goes. I mean, it's and I think it's 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 back to that, you know, how much Apple takes as a cut. You know, that, that's that's the core of it, and they just feel it's very anti-competitive because their own apps don't have to suffer that. Yeah, um, and we and where we've been reporting in the past, it has been that you know it's been epic. I've said that they are losing out because of this, but but ultimately, you, you know, the EU are right. It's the consumer that ends up paying more because these charges will get passed on and end up in the end of product. Um, so yeah, so, but they, obviously we've seen Apple drop their commission on sort of the lower end of what well, well, the, the smaller developer market. But I think I think the the run of things, and I remember saying this right at the beginning, we'll just come out a new percentage figure that everyone agrees on, and somehow all of the providers will then be on that new percentage figure, which still feels a bit like price fixing. It doesn't feel like it's actually based on any you know calculation. It definitely feels like they just come to a figure that they they're all happy to to accept. And that's where we're going to end up. And clearly, we're not finished moving yet. Um, so whilst worrying about their fine on one hand, they uh, put out another very, very slick presented uh, keynote, uh, lockdown keynote, so not in their presentation buildings. And actually, I quite, I, in a bit like you, uh, I think I'm coming around more to these presentations than than the actual auditorium-based ones um, uh, because they're fast moving they're to a schedule they to the point and uh, and you know just yeah they, they look and feel good um they're very very managed obviously uh, which i still bugs me but nevertheless they're a good way of them putting across their products so that's what we 
you know that's what we were watching to see i haven't actually seen the end of the keynote just yet but nevertheless i did see the majority of it so they opened with um apple card so it seems to be something they're really pushing which felt awkward to me as soon as they announced it a while back um but they're still pushing it and apparently people love it uh, america only um and they're talking about these these family type things you can do now and lots of people were saying 13 year olds with credit cards yeah yeah mm. i know so, um, but seemingly the the things that they've brought in about about credit lines and credit scores and doing it against the family, there was lots of people applauding them for it. So it's a, a seemingly a bit of a breakthrough again in that kind of financial industry that others aren't doing. But it's not. It's weird that it's not landed anywhere else. You know, so yeah, we and we see other companies doing these smart cards now that are kind of yeah. your combined card, which is yeah. everything. It's a bit like your the bit of the phone which you can just tap onto the back of whatever. It's the same thing with these kind of cards, and, isn't it? And people have talked for for a long while now about you know people that are spending you know either you know monthly with Apple, or you're buying through the app stores or whatever it is. You know it makes sense. You almost you are turning to a bank. You know I, most of my you know if you look at the. You know, contactless and stuff. It is all Apple Pay. You well, know, there's it's... there's more money th- flowing through these Apple processes and procedures than there are through many European countries. You know, it's just they are bigger than a country with the amount of money that they siphon around and move around. Yeah, it's bonkers. Um, Apple Podcasts. Podcasts are going to be a theme of this um, episode, actually. But yeah, Apple Podcasts, they have... So a new, um, new look app, um, but they've basically allowing uh, premium uh, paid for... Uh, podcasts now as well which was sort of fully integrated so again through the payment systems make it nice and easy they're saying that podcasters will give you content early and be ad free listening and all those kind of things to to allow it um but overall there's a big push towards monetizing podcasts and this is apple's sort of offering in that front you know a podcast is something that apple kind of championed it wasn't their technology but they certainly brought it to the forefront um and uh, and now they're kind of yeah trying to monetize it which doesn't sit that well with me but equally journalism is moving towards podcasts and journalism doesn't have its print and money coming in from websites and actually podcasts is the where there is likely a revenue stream so actually it probably is a good idea to support those big tech podcasts or big journalism podcasts the in-depth you know the the true crime investigation type podcasts that are getting a lot of that attention right now so i'm kind of torn on it i i think podcast was a great thing in that it was free but now we're moving to a paid model but i can see why because you do have to support people who actually do this professionally for their living yeah the um it's a strange one because I'm I'm kind of torn like you. I've always liked this idea of you know a podcast, I guess a feed, getting into the technical side of it, and I should be able to get that anywhere. Um, if if somebody, so I do pay for a couple of podcasts and I do it through their own websites, um, and and you get I, I can still use any client, so I'm not tied to it's only in Spotify or only in Apple, um, and that's the bit that I, that I don't want to break. And most podcasts, you know, I want to talk about this. I'm talking about the kind of big, I mean, this week's podcast, I guess we could say sponsored by tablets. You know, I have, I have, <laughs> I have, fuel I have yeah, fuel by, fuel by, whatever it is. I can't remember the name of the firm. Anyway, the, um, but the, the, the bit I've always liked is that there's a kind of freedom to choose your client, you know, listen to it anywhere. And this has definitely taken us into, you know, you, you will use this client you know spotify and apple and some of the other ones are doing the same it's like you need to come to us to hear this you can't hear it anywhere else apple are also taking 30 percent in the first year 15 percent year two so there's a there's quite a significant cut if you are currently a you know a, a, a you know a, a podcast that does offer you know a paid for service and also you need to pay 20 dollars a year to actually join the program as well so there's a there is some fees there um, and it'll be interesting to see how this lands because there's no doubt that you know there's still podcasts. When I listen to them, they'll say you can get us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other platforms. So there's 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 still like the big beast where they've got you know the name. But equally, it sounds like they're not going for a completely exclusive thing. They're saying you'll get things early and ad free with these these subscriptions. Well, not, but actually, not, not even ad free. So they're still allowing you to do your own ads. So if you get I don't know if you were sponsored by um, Squarespace. Seeing the Squarespace still sponsors lots of podcasts, um, you can still, and, and they won't take a cut of that. That is still your money, your revenue. Um, it's really, it's really 
it's back to this premium thing around. And then I guess it's up to the podcasters what they want to do. But yeah, like you say, locking content away on particular platforms is a way of it just div- splits and divides. And and you know we've seen that with things like BBC Listen Now. Obviously they siphoned BBC off sounds. a lot. Sorry, yeah, sa- yeah. yeah uh, sounds that that siphoned off to one side, and therefore there's a whole pocket of things that you have to listen to that fully understand why organizations companies and people want to do that and there's there's good drm copyright reasons why they also do that which means that things can be available rather than not available because there was plenty of stuff they couldn't put into their podcast stream because of that so i fully understand that but it just becomes more messy for the consumer it just means that you end up having these competing and and uh, you know uh, contradictory providers and we lose content that we have been enjoying and again it will be the same decision for some of these podcasts do i lock myself away behind a paywall therefore lose a vast majority of my listening especially ongoing listens so some of these successful podcasts they're not a success when they're first recorded but because they live and breathe and expand you know and they live forevermore they then take a massive following you know years later um so they've got to take that sort of balancing act um so iphone they quickly announced they've got a new color and they told me that purple was the color and they loved it and i was yeah. like mm-hmm, i would it's, it's nice but it wouldn't be my choice it, the bizarre thing is so we're going through these things we've probably spent more time on these than apple did apple did the first the first sort of three four things in five minutes okay sorry about just, that, everybody. no 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 no, <laughs> no but i was just i was just highlighting i'm just highlighting the pace that this they yeah. really stuck to an hour and yep. it was a really slick you know, broadcast, but they absolutely hammered it. I mean, podcasts, I guess, because we're interested in it, it's interesting for us. They literally just went, podcast, premium, coming, next. It was it was like, yep. boom. They did concentrate a bit more on their tags, though. Um, so, so the Find My Service. So they've uh, we we mentioned last podcast that they were opening up the Find My service to uh, third party developers, and their kind of wider offering on this whole infrastructure is their AirTags, which is basically a very attractive disc that Apple have produced, and you can attach that to anything, and that will then hook into the Find My network, and theoretically never well allow you to anywhere apple products exist you should be able to find your your um you know your your device or your wallet bag whatever it happens to be attached to uh, yeah so it's like a big big mesh network and it's all secure so it's not it's not broadcasting you know chris's wallets here it's just it'll do it securely through other people's devices and tell you chris's wallet is here if you've got one in your wallet um nice little size um of course quite- accessories uh, well, this is the thing. So it's quite cheap. You know, it's like 30, 30 quid or you can buy four for 100. Um, you can put a little emoji or initials on it, which again, if you're in a household, very, it's Apple. Prob- very Apple, but it probably makes sense if you're in a household. So you can yeah. identify, you know, yours and your partners or your kids or whatever. Um, very Apple, as you said, accessories. So there's no way of hooking this on. You need to buy some sort of other thing to hook it onto something. But so they I, have a, a range of leather straps or attachment devices. Yeah, yeah so and, and they're thirty quid and upwards as well. And Belkin <laughs> have got some, and the best one was Hermes have got um, a leather tag at four hundred pound. So it's like wow. <laughs> exactly. There's a different world out there, Chris, where there's accessories and there's accessories. Um, and these, um, so these are already out. So I know a couple of folk that have picked picked them up. Um, and what works quite well because it's it's got a U1 chip in it, so it's doing a kind of positional thing. Just it's in this area, and then when you get close enough, the U1 chip actually takes over the UI on the phone and really directs it down to a few centimeters. So you will be able to find it, you know, in a room. It's not just a telling you it's in the room. Well, as long will... as you've got Apple devices nearby. Uh, yeah, and that's and that's the gotcha. So if you drop this in a field, you're not going to find it. No. Unless unless somebody else randomly walks by, that I wonder field. how I wonder how wide that mesh is. I you know I am yeah, interested exactly. to kind of think about coverage, but nevertheless, it's an interesting thing. And if you know if if there's anything in this world that's pervasive, it's Apple products around, especially around you know Europe and and America. Uh, it, they're certainly you know very pervasive. So you know you've got at least a chance, better chance than you know most of the time. It's going to be in your house underneath your sofa, isn't it? That, so, you know. so I've not picked any up because I was like, what am I going to track? I don't generally lose keys, touch wood. I don't usually generally lose a wallet or a bag. It's just never happened to me. Um, but I do actually want to just stick one on a set of keys just for the sake of it. But also want to trial it as in I want to go and hide something somewhere and see how pervasive the network is. So I want to, on one of my random walks around Glasgow, just go and plant something somewhere and, and see uh, what happens. And sadly for 
$29 it's well within the scope of something it's not it's not the end of the world to go and do is it you know no but it's back to the it's, it's like you say how how good is it you know is it a, and I know I could you know on, on lots of people are out walking right now you know just just be locked down and stuff so there probably is in a city a really good network but I bet you I bet you there's places I could put it and you know there's probably nobody's going to ping it at all so I might do some experimentation we'll see then we moved on to Apple TV. Um, so TV Plus, they're talking about the Ted Lasso, and you've mentioned before that you really love that show. Um, so Ted, Ted Lasso was great. Uh, really, really good. And it got more time than anything else in the first half hour. <laughs> Even it, showed like part of an episode, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. There was two and a half minutes of that. The pod, <laughs> podcast was there for 30 seconds. Um, <laughs> but Ted Lasso was a breakout hit. And, and when you look back to last year, they were talking about Morning Show and For All Mankind. For All Mankind is fantastic. Uh, it's just, you know, it's like an alternate space race. And I, and I absolutely just just love it. It is, it is really well done. But it doesn't get the buzz, really, because it's probably a bit more geeky and doesn't have big names in it um, and Ted Lasso came out last year and just through word of mouth because even the trailer Apple did last year they picked like slapsticky British humour and it was crap it's mm. like that's not what, what was good about it um, so they, they made a big splash about Ted Lasso um, and and yeah they got more time than the iPhone AirTag and subscription podcast service so <laughs> well done Ted Lasso and then they went on to talk about their uh, Apple TV 4K, got the uh, Bionic chip in it, HDR, so uh, and a high frame rate. Um, so yeah, and that and it even supports the HDR over the uh, sort of over the AirPlay as well. Which yeah, so kind of all the kind of ticks up in up in spec that you might expect based on the latest TVs that are out there now uh, um, and making use of the technologies that exist. The best thing it's got a new remote. The current remote sucks. There's no getting away from it. It's just a bad design. And I still don't know if that's a Johnny Ive thing because there's so many <laughs> things that are like, it's just a bad design. Um, and this has actually got buttons and a power button and a jog wheel. So things you can touch. And Back it's to like, the old uh, you know, it is. iPod, isn't it? Yeah. It is. So things you can touch. Um, and it's 55 quid and you can buy it for your current Apple TV. So you don't need to replace your Apple TV. But the prices are still high. So you, you know, it's like somebody pointed out, you can spend 55 quid on that Apple TV remote or you can buy a whole Chromecast. Yeah. With a remote, yeah, you know, and that, and that's the difference in pricing. They're 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 a it's a premium, um, you know, it's a premium product. They're still talking about gaming on it, but it's, it's, it's you're not going to buy it for gaming, you know. So it's a it's and I've so again I've resisted. I have not bought either the new remote or the or the new Apple TV because I'm I'm sitting there going why I just use the LG now I just use the app and the LG so why. Which is direct drive will be the best that that TV could do with the data stream that's coming in, all those kind of things. So yeah, and it runs my Plex, and your Plex apps on it, and you know, so there's nothing, there's nothing. I'm sitting there going, yeah, I need that new IMAX. Very colourful affair. They that's kind of one of the big selling points. You know, remarkably thin. Basically, it's a tablet on a stand. Is kind of what this ends up looking like. Um, I remember you telling me before these were announced that. You, they're a potential purchase, but only if the screen allows you to have external uh, attachments, and which it doesn't. It, it doesn't allow you to do it. And and and, and, and seen sort of reports in the media around people saying, well, and also, why the heck has it still got its chin? They they were at pains to show us how remarkably small the chipboard was and how remarkably the sat the audio was there, but they and and how thin this thing was, but. But they've still got a chin, and, and and people are saying, "Well, that's not doesn't look very modern today." So I still think, so design wise, I think these look gorgeous from the back. So I think they look absolutely. Yeah, but who from looks the at back. their? But who looks at their exactly. from the back? You know, so it's the same. We talked. We were talking last night, and it's like mm. LG. You look at your LG TV, and it's a screen. There's yeah. no. There's this really thin border uniformly around the whole thing, and you don't see anything. And clearly, it's got guts because it's got apps on it, and it's got connectivity it's got, on and it, and it's got a massively fat base that, yeah. which contains all that stuff. Does that ever affect me day to day? No, yeah. not in the slightest. And, and it feels like another one of these where Apple have said we want to be as thin as we possibly can uniformly. Um, and to me, to me, there's a couple of design. I don't want to say flaws because I've obviously I've not got one sitting in front. I mean, it feels hard judging it from you know you've seen some pictures and videos, but. I can't adjust the height. 
And that's that's the same with the current iPad. I can't adjust it's not iPad, iMac, can't just a height. So you've got things like you know, twelve south doing their different high rises or people put a book under it and it's like so I've got all this fantastic design and I'm gonna then prop it up on something Shut else. Um and the bit the bit that really it really jars when I look at it. When I look at the front and I see the white border, a white border around the screen is almost it just just doesn't happen. And it's a but I think they had to do that because I think a black border around the screen with the colours would have looked off. Yeah. So the yeah. the but I think it's back to the the fundamental design which says I'm going to be uniformly as thin as I possibly can be, I think meant they've they've got compromises and some of them are quite smart, so there's so they can't put an Ethernet port and so I, I initially saw the, the, the ports and I was like, geez, oh they've actually dropped Ethernet. That that's and I know I know Wi-Fi is fast now, but I still want it wired. No, I, I want I wire everything yep. because it, I just get the much more consistent connection. I never have to worry about it once I've shoved that wire into it. And I was howling about it. I was I was, I was, I was talking to Shaq and I was going, well, "That's an absolute crapper. That is bar." And but then they've taken it out and put it in the power plug. And you're like, uh, okay, yes, yes, smart. Yes. So it is there, and that's smart. And they've got a mag, almost MagSafe back with the power, and that's smart as well. So some things that you're thinking, actually, that makes a lot of sense. There's less cables there and running to my Mac. That's actually quite clever. Um, and there's other things where the camera's better, so it's now a 1080p camera, which you think, yeah. great. Why no Face ID? Why? What, why? So, they've, so they've made a big deal about there's Touch ID in the keyboard, which is great, and again, coloured keyboard. So there's... Lots of color combinations. There's seven keyboards. There's seven different colored iMacs. And actually, I think the colors look really, really good. And there's Touch ID in the keyboard, which again, fantastic. But why no Face ID? I wonder whether I, they're moving away from it. Maybe they found that it's not actually as secure as all that, or something along those lines. But but then we'll come on to iPads in a minute, which has got Face ID, mm. no Touch ID, has got a fantastic camera in it, and has got some stuff and smarts in it around moving the camera around that the iMac doesn't have. Yeah, which is strange given that given the iMac, the if you just device. took the stand, if you took the stand off of it, it's just a massive iPad. And that's <laughs> and that's what these are. They're so and because interestingly, and we're kind of almost like spoiler for the iPad, but they're all the M1 chip. Yeah. So it's the M1 and inside you know MacBooks, MacBook Airs, iMacs, and now iPads. So it's the same chip architecture, and probably the same circuit board because it's all chipping you know circuit on a whatever they call it, the thingy bobby, the integrated, it's everything's integrated. It's just... And then back to, so back to the chin. And I I know I'm I'm being probably negative in what I think will be a great product because I still think overall I can see them in people's homes and they'll look fantastic. But the chin's an interesting one because it's it's still there and people are saying, well, it's because of speakers. And it's like, I've got an iPad. There's no chin. And the speakers and sound sounds great. So why why couldn't and they could have just made it slightly thicker if they were worried about the speakers and needing space and and place to breathe, you know? So I find Uh, I find it strange. I find it strange. I still think ultimately we'll end up in a place where there will be an iMac that doesn't have a chin. And I wonder is that going to be the because they're talking about is a thirty or thirty two inch one coming out? Is that the pro one? Is that how they're going to differentiate it? But it's just I mean they they were at pains to. Uh, show me how tiny their uh, circuit board and and whatever was in the in, you know they they did the cutaway and they showed just how basically they've taken an iPhone <laughs> put it on its side put it at the bottom of your screen and that is what's running this thing which is amazing but equally uh, it's, it's I I don't know am I getting <laughs> getting value for money when they're did just you, shoving did the you same like the look of it in? I mean do you look at it and go I love that design I didn't mind the look of it when I first saw it but I equally I had exactly this that visceral feeling of I don't see the point of this in a in a I can see in an office where they want to be trendy and they want to have a range of colors around it and these things are going to look good when you walk in because it's going to be a nice colorful effect the thinness you'll see the back the whole striking back design of the the fact that it's just this color um will have maximum effect but that's going to be for a couple of design studios that accept people into them um or offices which are not really a thing anymore when I come into my office in the morning the effect would be a, a white border and a screen there's very little color there for me to enjoy um so i did think they looked good and i was like take you know i i guess that wow look that's just a tablet on a stand is what is where my my brain went and, and what and what it's what it's to, I, I am really keen this year to get a whether it's an m1 or an m1x or an m2 it doesn't really don't really care but but i, I want to move away from the intel chipset on, on mac so i'm keen to do something and I think the something is is Mac Mini. 
that's that's mm. the direction of travel for me. It's a nightmare. Yeah, because you can use your existing screens. You existing can use... screen. I've got an ultra wide sitting here. I might even pick up another screen. You know, so mm. there's and again, then I'm I'm independent. The PC can drive both screens. A laptop for work can drive both screens. I kind of understand Apple's reluctance to let that screen be used for anything else because then it's very you know it's it's ultimately steals their sales away from the screen that they sell. But equally, I think that's again a little bit Apple deliberately being obstructive because one of the best things about this computer and would make it even more saleable is you know the fact that it does it's it's a good value machine in general uh, and has been through the years and but if you could use that screen plug into it it would just be perfect i I would say i can understand why they don't do it but equally totally because i'll be one percent chris there'll be one percent of the, the people buying it Will want that, and it's a four and a half K retina display. I mean, it is a crack. I don't think display. it's necessarily one percent of people that would end up doing it. I think they'd be more worried about the fact that it actually ends. Up, yeah, just well, I, I think they're deliberately doing it because they know that yeah. it. You know, yeah. I, I, screw them. They know I want it, and they're not giving it to me. <laughs> so another way of looking at it with the screen is, is you know, so I've got an ultrawide in front of me. I've got the iMac to the side. If they did, so iMac. Pro came out. They did let me lose that, use that screen. That could be my main device in the middle. Use it all the time, and then when I want to do my gaming on it, just switch on the gaming PC and do my gaming through that screen. It, absolutely, and that's exactly what I'd end up doing. It would yeah. it would replace this monitor that's right in front of me now. Yeah. So you no, know, maybe the Pro one will, and it'll cost five grand. <laughs> <laughs> maybe even more now. Yeah. They've got a lot more potential space there. But yes, so that was the uh, iMac. That's where I finished off. But they went on then and talked about the iPad. So what have we got there? Um, so the iPad, it, it was a kind of... We talked about the slickness of the video. If you've if you've not watched this, there was a bit where you see a thief and he's taking the M1 chip and, and he's, 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 in, he's in the the Apple, whatever their big loop building's called. Isn't it the, the spaceship or the... Yeah. flying saucer or whatever they call yeah. it. Yeah, and you see him doing all these things, and then he's putting it inside an iPad, um, <laughs> and then he does a Mission Impossible, takes off his or takes off the face, and it's Tim Cook, <laughs> which was oh, no. like oh, it was, no. it was, it was like cheese. Um, but this was the thing. So that so, so everybody thought, yeah, there's not an iPad Pro, and it'll have obviously a new, an up to date chipset. But they've always had like a fourteen Xs or Zs, or they've done a they've done a spin or a variant on the iPhone chip. But it's, it's an M1, and and a couple of interesting things here. So the the screen on it um, is mini LED, and it has ten thousand LEDs on a thirteen inch display. The last one had seventy two LEDs. I mean, seventy two so th- seems like enough, doesn't it? <laughs> and ten thousand seems like absolute overkill. So but- that's what Samsung have been doing with their local dimming, or whatever. Is it Samsung QLED? I think they've called it. It's, um, where it's got you know micro area lighting and dimming. So the, the 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 display tech on this is phenomenal, um, and so 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 I think the display takes the kind of the, the, the kind of main stage round. Ooh, big big change! Obviously the M1, but we've seen the performance of the M1. Um, it can go up to two terabyte, and interestingly, if you go to one or two terabyte, you get sixteen gig of RAM in it. Now the current iPads, the most you get is six. Yeah. So it's like, so so you buy a new iPad Pro, you're getting eight gig. And if you go for more storage, you get 16. And the software doesn't take advantage of that. So it feels like in six, seven, eight weeks' time at WWDC, we're going to see another, you know, as iPad OS going to really get, a, you know, supercharged in some way to say... How a game is going to make more and more complicated for developers to start developing for all these different devices. That's certainly going to be a thing. Uh, in the same way that Microsoft over the years have had to develop for so many different operating systems and, and sort of um, performance things, I guess you're going to start seeing that in iPad world as well. Um, a couple of other little things worth calling out has 5G. Um, so, and, and, and people have been clamoring for Macs to have, you know, cellular, and they've always been like, oh, well, the chipset doesn't support it. It's got an M1, and M1 supports it, so why not a Mac? Um, and there was a smart thing called, so they've got an ultra-wide camera now in the front, and it's a, a new feature called center stage. And what this is doing is doing like, it just tracks you. And when somebody else comes in, it's panning out and zooming in. But but the demo looked slick eyes. It actually looked really, really good. And well, we a couple see- of YouTubers have got it now. Yeah. And they cannot believe how fast and accurate it's tracking people and 
and keeping in them typical fashion we've seen this you know we see chat services do it we see other you know we've seen it before but apple will just get it nailed on that's the that's yeah. what they do isn't it yeah, they the, take technology and they just nail the, it the crappy little laptop that i've got for work has, has got it but it lags for about three seconds so if like if i move eventually you see this study oh i better move over <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then it trundles back and it's like what's the point but anyway that was um and the pricing has only gone up by 100 quid there's lots of talk about it was going to drop more because that's <laughs> yeah, fine only but nevertheless the days of the new ipads being released in there kind of the cheap soft in 399 uh, again seem a while back i know they've probably still got a 399 offering somewhere in their range they, they still do but what i would say is if you don't need that screen and this is where i think it comes into about about, about this pro thing so I think, I think you know, people like me and you and some of my friends, they get, they, they'll be like, I'm a pro. I need the latest tech. I want the best tech. And some of the tech now you're starting to go, do I really see the difference? Do I really need that? Because the iPad Air's got a lot. It's got similar design. It's got similar features in it. And I think that's where, that's a mass market iPad, is the iPad Air. And it right. is cheaper. So yeah. I think that's why they'll probably get away with this. But yeah. there's so many people, including myself, that will be like, oh, I need the pro device. I, I mean, I'm not a pro in any stage. That I just feel like I need. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know what I mean. I think there's a. I, I bet you there's some horrible marketing thing that they know they can tap into people's. Yeah, definitely. I was looking online for coffee machines earlier, and I ended up at about six thousand pounds. I think before oh. I was happy. So yeah, oh. I've got this horrible brain that just won't let it go. I um, need to sort a new car this year, Chris. <laughs> I, I will not talk to you about Don't that. Talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that was the Apple event, uh, and I'd say all done within an hour, quicker than we've been, um, and you know, and yeah, very very slickly presented, and, and some real good augmented reality type graphics as well going on as well, which looked looked sweet as sweet as a nut. Um, Spotify, ha- you know, also I said podcast was going to be a feature of this this show, and it, this Spotify is launching a paid podcast, so they had a podcast feature where they um, put sort of key and you know large scale podcasts onto their service and allow people to stream that through their uh players and but now they're offering this paid for service um again just that sort of tick towards paying for for this 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 media type um yeah and i was just checking about what the what they actually cut so at the start, there is no cost to creators. So that's it. No cost to creators for the next two years. So totally okay. opposite to Apple, where Apple is saying 30% this year, 15% year two onwards. But are they so, paid per stream like they would be um, in, in the order wheel? So, you know, probably yeah. not going to get that much out of it. No, but Spotify are saying no cost to creators for the next two years. So they keep all your revenue. And then spring 2023, they'll introduce only a 5% fee to access the tool. So it's, it's they're two different models, and I, I do wonder if they end up in a much the same place. You know, yeah, maybe. So so, um, US only, they're kind of they're doing it kind of kind of drip feeding it out. So doing some like some creators only at first, and it's all about subscriber only bonus episodes to the feeds that we're doing for it. Um, so so it'll it'll be strange, and then there's cost. The cost is subscribed determined by the creator, but there's three tiers, so two ninety nine, four ninety nine, or seven ninety nine a month. Yeah, so quite it's it's two very different models, and I think it goes back to your point. We're seeing a fragmentation now on 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 podcasting. <clears throat> so I mean, so many podcasts I listen to, all you know, they their their first thing that they open with generally is, you know, if you want, if you enjoy us, you listen to us, then you need to help us out by donating. You know, whether that's just a single donation or whatever. But if you if you donate, then we can continue doing what we're doing, and and this is, uh, you know, subscription model you know whatever it is is part of our lives now all my software is subscription um you know i don't buy a subscription you know a box for my software that then lives with me forevermore and i make the choice whether to upgrade it it just sits as a subscription service so whatever we think about it it's it's with us all our tv subscription um so there's no reason why podcasts wouldn't go down that model it's like i say especially the ones that were there that is their driving forces that's their living that they've got to earn and i can understand that Agreed. I think it's just the the, the problem is you, you want it all and you can't. You know, uh, exactly. Just, and they and they can't. and ultimately there will be plenty of podcasts that lose out because of mm. that long tail 
because these things exist. They are free. Their people can word of mouth can accelerate. Uh, you know, I think back to things like TV series that were canned, but then when DVDs came out, ever I'm thinking specifically about um, Deadwood was one of the first big production TV shows. It was a pretty much a flop when it got released to TV, but it went out on DVD and they lost out because they didn't continue the story to completion. Uh, and it's the, the same kind of thing. They, you know, it's not, re it's not realized at the time you create the podcast, but you will have a long tail on it. Um, and they kind of, they've got to make that choice. Um, and it's a difficult one to make. Facebook is also investing in audio, but this is um, short form audio, the sort of sound bites. Uh, but they are also talking about um, podcast support as well. But initially, the, I guess um, I, I have not really dug into this area of things, but it's they're almost trying to replicate services that are doing kind of um, TikTok for audio. So small little s snippets of audio that I know are funny or whatever that, that hook you in. And, uh, and that, that's what they're trying to recreate in the shot in the Facebook services because other p providers are sort of showing an uptick in the number of people interested. Yes, they're doing this short form experience, and that you're you're right. And I think the TikTok thing is probably a good analogy. They're also cloning Clubhouse, so Clubhouse has got a lot of buzz amongst investors, and it's so a real, you know, a real like you know boom in numbers, but then it's really dropped off. And so is Clubhouse the thing where you know it's basically chat rooms, but audio yeah, yeah. chat rooms. Yeah. So if you've got a Clubhouse account, um, you know, so me and you could be, you know, saying we're having a chat. We've got I don't know, we've got Tim Cook and a couple others on it. And you can throw over to them being, you know, hosts and them talking, and everybody else is listening, and you know they can't they like can't. a Zoom call, but for audio. Uh, yeah, and and but it's interesting because some of the popular ones are then put out as a podcast, and it's like, mm. so what? What's the difference? You know, what? Why is this such a buzzy thing? Um, and you know, Facebook have cloned it, and um, Twitter have cloned it. You know, so is it Twitter Spaces is 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 gradually rolling out to people so that you can, you know open your own space up and just invite people in and start chatting um and also old, what was that um, house party was it called that they, that was kind of that opening up your own space you know yeah and, well that was video based rather than audio -based. it was video based and house party took off again because of the pandemic you know so it and zoom were kind of big big winners again because it was like how do we do easy <laughs> how do we do easy video and i'm chuckling because google's got about 20 products but none of them none of them, none of them work very the well. only one we use is this one and this is the one that's being shut down <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh and and then you mentioned podcasts again so they're 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 now they're now looking at um tools through facebook for sharing podcasts because they realize now they can't they can't ignore it um, and, they, and they need to more support it within their platform so that creators can you know get the content out there easily Again, as soon as that money symbol appears, lots of companies become involved and interested, yeah, for better or worse. Yeah. Daily Mail suing Google over its search results. So the Daily Mail claims that it is being unfairly penalized and downgraded because it doesn't choose to have its advertising revenue done through the Google services. They go to alternate uh, ad markets. Um, but they're saying that because of that, when you do a search on Google, they appear further down than they would otherwise than their competitors. Um, Google are saying absolutely uh, call that trash and, and fake news. Um, and probably more to the point, you remember not that long ago, Daily Mail was downgraded as a, a, a fact checked uh, organization that yeah was not considered a reliable source of news and i think that's probably more likely the reason it's been downgraded uh, due to the sheer number of uh provable fallacies false statements uh corrections and uh you know whatever else had to happen yeah daily mail is basically saying we're the biggest so it should be number one because of the traffic um, and i think google are saying it's, it's quality not quantity and I'm hoping somebody's also saying you supported the Nazis in the 1930s. So we're not really going to promote you right now. But anyway. yes. Yeah. So, uh, and yeah, size obviously does have an influence, but it is, yeah. Like I say, they do add tweaks based on things like fact check. So I wonder whether that is coming to into effect, or whether this will all come to light, uh, whether this will get well, to court, and whether they, anything will happen. So, so Google have always changed their, their search algorithms, and, and companies have always said that's to Google's own benefit. So they're downgrading certain people, or they're killing a business and promoting their own. And, um, so we've seen it tweaked over time, and they have tweaked it to also improve quality because they know people game it. You know, so people are gamed Google for years now. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, SEO has been a 
been a hot topic for black hat over. seo has been never been far yeah. away i mean white hat seo nowadays is is still legitimate but they're still underhand people trying to work out how Absolutely. do you scam the latest algorithms yeah yeah and i'm sure daily mail are, are have got a team if not more than a big team doing that to make sure that they become you know what is trending what is the what is the thing how do we make sure we're trending in social media Anyway, anyway, I don't need them appearing more in my search results. Thanks very much. No. Instagram <laughs> launches a filter to get rid of abusive DMs based on keywords and emojis, uh, and it will even um, yeah. So you can block people based off of that, and and it will even do that to newly created accounts. Um, so yeah, it's uh, something we've been talking about now for probably well over a year. Um, and it's about how do social media platforms get on top of this harassment um, and bullying and and just downright all the isms in the world. Um, how do they get away from that and make their platforms more savoury? Uh, so this week, this weekend, so so like you know, all the Premiership teams and lots of sports leagues you know around the world are basically boycotting social media. You know, they're taking four days off. Um, and it's to try and almost put a message out to say enough's enough. The platforms need to do more. And we've we've talked about it not just for a year, probably, probably talked about it for, you know, ten years around the abuse and we've seen Twitter, you know, just become very toxic around certain events. And then every so often you get the nuggets of just this is fantastic and it, and you still think, Yep, that's what that's the benefit. Um and I watched a video this morning, so Ian Ian Wright was was um was just showing Alan Shearer what he what he got messaged that morning. And it was somebody, and I won't, oh, it's, it's, you know, BBC, you know, bleaked out what he was getting called. Mm. But, but Shira was clearly affected by it. And he, and he said, I, just, I can't even read that out. And Ian Wright was like, well, I'll read it out. But Ian Wright took somebody to court. Um, I think it was an Irish kid. And he was, because he came from a, a well, you know, a wealthy family and it was his first offence, nothing happened. He was like off. And, and so he's now like, what's the point? What's the point of me even? You know, doing anything, um, but what they're looking at is, is saying platforms you need to do more. And it's like if me and you put up a copy, see if we put up a Premier League goal right now, or you know Sky's pay per view boxing, and we and we, and we it would get shut down instantly. So if yeah. you can shut that down, yeah, you can shut this down. And and they're not they're not doing enough. And that does seem like what they are doing now. So they are by keyword and by emoji, they can block people. But you have to opt into this service. And the reason they've said that is because obviously they have to now look at your messages and therefore pass them through whatever and compare them. So therefore, uh, that's why they're saying that we want to give that people a choice rather than impose it on them. But again, they don't give a choice around (laughs) checking the videos and stuff you're posting so uh yeah it does seem again a, they could they could do more um and, and i'm sure they will find the balance eventually but it doesn't seem like things have moved maybe as quickly as maybe you would expect um and like you say we've been talking about it a long time but it's certainly been a key thing in the media and the news uh at the forefront for such well as you know such a you know, it's been intense recently about this and what and the effect it's having on people uh, and adults and children in particular um, about how, you know, people having to live, up, grow up with this abuse um, that is hidden. You know, it's hidden abuse and it feels, you know, it could be very suffocating. Also, people people seem to think it's, 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 it's OK or it's normal and it's like it's not OK and it's not normal. You know, there's the, there was a, a Glasgow Rangers footballer, you know, got racial abuse on the pitch. Um, and 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 the the and the backlash out a check, you know, just so there's thousands of you know checks basically, you know, messaging him with, you know, monkey faces, bananas, mm. you know, just stuff that you'd think is from the seventies and eighties, you know, you and it's and it's clearly, it clearly is in certain bits of society, but in other bits it's just still accepted as this is fine, that's okay. Yeah. Um, we've seen we've seen other footballers, and, and I'm. I guess I'm picking on footballers a bit, a bit more because they seem to be the ones that are are more obviously targeted. But if they miss a penalty and they're black, they get called everything, and it's like, sorry, people need to be held account for this because you wouldn't be able to go up to somebody in the street and say that. You know, and no, that's no, always been the yes. keyboard warrior thing. You know, it's like you can sit there anonymously and do what you like, and it's like, no, there needs to be a consequence. 
And, and and I guess it's as much as anything, it doesn't really matter whether there's been an increase or just a, an increase in detection recently, but there def- definitely does feel like there's been more instances. We're certainly talking about it more. That talking about it is one thing, it is action that you, you need to take. And, and, and we've come across that in lots of the kind of Black Lives Matter and all those things. You can talk about it to the nth degree. I mean, you can even do this boycott um, of social media, but is that real action? I'm not. I'm not so sure. Is actually going to achieve anything? No. And so, so yeah. If I, it's, and I know I'm slightly going off topic, but it's, but it's, 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 it's nipping me. So yeah, I basically find the minimum the amount that they could. So I think that guy that abused the Rangers player got a ten game, you know, ban. Mm. Um, see if I wear, I don't know, the wrong top. So see if I take off my top and I've got some sort of sponsorship, I get absolutely hammered as a footballer. Mm. And that's what yeah. I don't get, you know. So that it's back to money is driving it, and they're not taking these responsibilities properly. Go back to F one last year, they could, you know, then Black Lives Matter. They couldn't even, you know, they couldn't even get together as a group. And yeah. in some ways, some of the some of the football stuff I think has become almost a bit meaningless because it's seen as a I need to do it, you know, I need to go down on one knee. So the it it's it, it's really difficult, but it's it needs more. And these companies we know they can do more. Obviously, can do more. Twitter has found a way to delete a whole ton of um, tweets, um, but it turns out that these <laughs> were requested to delete, be deleted by the Indian government. So around COVID, um, and it was they wanted to get rid of some messaging that they weren't happy with. So they reached out to Twitter. The government reached out to Twitter, and, and their tweets were removed. And obviously, Twitter's now come under fire for that. I haven't followed closely with this story, um, but but it. Kind of, they're they're stuck between a rock and a hard place. I'm guessing. Uh, you know, again, yeah. is this the media company's job or not? I don't know. And it wasn't misinformation, as in you know, like anti-vaccination information, or because I could understand that. Because that, that to me is back to the an anti-vax information right now. To me, is disinformation because there's yes. evidence. There's evidence that says you are you know misinforming the public and weirdly talked to Shaq yesterday, one of his one of his, you know, friends from, from Peterborough, smart, you know, knows what they're talking about, but but I've read too many things about the vaccine, so I'm not taking it. Yeah. And it's like if you'd read it properly, you would be absolutely taking it because the risk of not taking it versus the risk of, of taking it, you know, it's it's night and day. Mm-hmm. It's 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 bonkers. Um and, and the tweets that were that they took down were the ones criticising the government in India for still allowing, uh, allowing mass rallies, mm. um, not locking down, and still going ahead with with elections? Um, so, so not not misinformation. It was people criticising the government, and that's the controversy. That's yeah. the sore. Yeah. Okay. And that and that feels feels ugly, doesn't it? It feels unsavoury. We've seen it does. that. We saw kind of yeah the the trying to crush social media in in yeah very oppressive regimes and and during though the um the, you know the arab spring it was um quite notable that many of those countries did pull the plug on social media um because they they weren't happy with the the way things were being presented or they weren't happy that it wasn't the what they wanted presented was being presented and, and, and all tech companies i think you know all tech companies struggle with china you know including apple you know so they are take they, they actively take apps down on the app store that are available elsewhere um and you know the social media companies really do struggle with some of these governments because they can't they can't work without them no interesting one now browsers (laughs) (laughs) so would you pay 30 pounds to browse on someone else's computer weirdly there is a service that you can go and do that um now their argument is that if you're on an older um you know an older system then obviously you quite regularly find that your connection or your new tab doesn't open quickly or you're running out of memory or whatever so they're saying hey come browse on our computers and we'll stream the content down to your uh, pc or whatever you're running on and at the same time we've got a massively fat internet connection uh, and therefore you will see these websites roaring along at massive speed but effectively yeah then streaming them their <laughs> their representation of your browser via kind of yeah video streaming technologies but i'm guessing if your computer's struggling with um if your computer's struggling with memory and bandwidth that you don't want to use a local browser it's going to struggle surely to stream 
from a remote browser and, and pay £30 for the pleasure of doing so. Yeah, I find that a strange one. I, I, mean, I get... I, I, and I guess this is called Mighty and, and they're saying they're wanting to look at computing in a different way and I get it, you know, so hold your computer elsewhere and stream it as as, as, as a model. We've been know? doing that for many, many years, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's a model that, that we've been, as you say, doing for many years. Enterprise have been doing for years. And we're seeing it now, you know, so obviously we're seeing gaming companies doing much the same and saying we'll we'll hold the computer and we'll stream and it's just another regular subscription service. Um, but it just feels... So you you said earlier most of your media is now subscription and software is headed that way, but thirty dollars a month or thirty quid yeah, a month for a browser. For a browser, yeah, it's, it's ain't gonna happen. I mean, I can see how it would cost them thirty dollars a month to provide that service, but that's because it seems really inefficient and stupid. Yeah. But it, and like I say, if I've got an old enough laptop that is a problem, I mean, it, there's very few times I get to the point where I've got you know fifty browser tabs open and i think oh wouldn't this be good if it's streaming plus there's all the data privacy issues around your you know you're connecting to the internet through someone else's computer they can see exactly what you're doing they can see your passwords they can see all these things or at least they could potentially see all them whether it's end, you know i'm sure it's end-to-end encrypted or whatever but they are essentially taking all your data and being a handshake in between it it's um yeah it feels feels like it's we're not gonna be talking about this in five years <laughs> let's put it that way and, 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 and many of those also they talk about like you know so you know fiber connections to home is getting more popular and faster speeds and it says it'll technically work with a 20 meg connection but he's targeting 80 meg plus and it's like when you start like, to say what's the, you've got a good enough connection to the internet at your own end what the hell <laughs> yeah it just it just feels a really you know I'm, I'm, i was reading it going this feels like you know like an investor's just throwing money at this, and yeah. they're trying to see if it will stick somewhere. I'm not buying it. Makes sense for games, given that uh, essentially a games video stream is still less bandwidth and less weight and all those things than uh, you know a uh, the actual game being locally and all the data that gets moved around. So I can see that a powerful computer in the cloud makes sense on that front. And um, but yeah, for for browser and what we actually end up using browser for now. Not that not not having it. Um, Xbox <laughs> Cloud Gaming Beta is now starting to roll out wider. They did put this out to uh, to their kind of um, preview uh, not that long ago, so people got invites in. But now it's moving further out, uh, you know, and they are offering, yeah, the ability to go and play and stream your games um, o- over the browser. Um, yeah, and this is the this is where Apple site and Android you get an app. And and um, Apple said no. Um, yeah, this was and... due out a while back, right? But it got really delayed yeah. by that hardball. Yeah, of so Apple. It's, yeah. yeah, so it's been on Android for a while, and and by all accounts works really well, and people are picking up, you know, can play anywhere, and got little, you know, you can connect to pad and stuff. So, um, yeah, this is now coming to iOS. You play it over Safari, um, which was what Apple said. Well, go and do it. Almost betting that it'll be slightly more awkward, lesser, you know, experience. Um, and again, what was it they wanted? To, oh yeah, they wanted to um, they wanted to review every game as was part it? of the app you store had to su- rules. You could have a you could have a catalog um, site, <sighs> but you needed to submit each individual game for review, and each individual game would be subject to cost or charge. Yeah, yeah. So so again, we're seeing more more clouds um, and and rolling out. Microsoft has announced that some games or free-to-play games will be able to play on your console without Xbox Live Gold. So previously, although they're not, they don't cost you to download, you can't actually play them online unless you had an Xbox Live Gold account. They've taken that away. I remember years ago, the BBC had similar issues. They removed all their services from Xbox because they couldn't have iPlayer behind a paywall. And I think they got around that somehow. And, and this is the next thing. So Fortnite now truly is free-to-play. If you've got a console, you do not need your Xbox Live Gold. You can just uh hook your game download up and and off you go good horizon zero dawn (laughs) is a uh, the complete edition is being given away free for ps4 ps5 owners so fill your boots from um you can can redeem that up until the 14th of may is that Uh, right yeah and this is a cracking game um get the full edition um, massively high rated wasn't it yeah and the follow-up's coming out maybe this year yeah maybe next year Again, so. it seems like Sony just trying to throw some stuff out in the world because they they've lost a bit of the uh, the media presence at the moment, haven't they? Uh, yeah, so but, the, but there's a number of games that's almost like they're dipping their toe into something like a Game Pass. So they're doing these kind of like 
they've had this PlayStation Plus type thing where every month you get the you know it's like games for gold. You get yeah. like two or three games. Um, so I think like this month was Battlefield Five, for example. You know that you can mm-hmm. get it, get it, for, which I guess is like they're giving it away it's because great. because the next one's coming out. In, yeah, you know, six months. Still time. a great game though. You know, it is a great game. And, you know, and, so, the, and the, the new games are not always better than the old ones, kind of thing. But it's just the fact that you lose player population that's the biggest yeah, problem. With this game. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so this if, if, if so if somebody's listening to this, not played Horizon Zero Dawn, it's free right now, and it's a complete edition, and it's you know. It'll, it'll keep you going. It is fantastic. It's free as long as you've bought a PS4 or a PS5. <laughs> uh, true. <laughs> yeah, Gran Turismo is going to appear in uh, as part of an Olympic competition this year. So ahead of the actual Olympics, they're going to run uh, Olympic virtual series, and including in that is driving. And they've chosen Gran Turismo um, competition to do that. Um, and there's other various um, virtual competitions they're doing as well. Uh, interesting from a virtual driving position you know i racing is really the where seems like most people go to do that competitive stuff and and you know it's gran turismo doesn't feel like it's as quite up to that kind of scratch i guess so it seems like they're almost using a slightly lesser you know uh system to to run their virtual thing where you might imagine they try and do it in the most professional way well i think there's a um, is, is it not the I, and I was going to say like automobile club, and it's not. But whoever whoever looks after like world racing, I think they accredit Gran Turismo because there's been a lot of Gran Turismo series. And I know there's that thing where you can win a series and then you get a, a proper race seat the following year, kind of thing. So they've been doing yeah, those kind true. of crossovers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting that. And I wondered also, because it's in Tokyo this year, I wonder if that was a pool. Where they I think to, there's uh, definitely had an angle on it. But equally, yeah. because of the pandemic, the virtual events did become a real thing. And and, and I guess this is them saying, well, we think they might be here to stay as well. And they certainly seen the, the value of them because things like Swift and... Um, you know, uh, Swift for cycling and for, for running and all those things can be done. They are aerobic and they're, you know... Um, exercise and they can be lead to competition and they and they and they have done that in the pandemic so yeah interesting angles um <laughs> pc gaming so epic after moaning that they can't put their games on apple now uh, saying oh, i don't want my games on uh, microsoft's streaming service thanks they don't want fortnite on xcloud basically yeah. they reckon it's anti-competitive for them uh, against yeah. their own platforms I, and, and i think that's always the thing around the the kind uh, of you know tim sweeney and epic are you know, they'll argue things, but they're and they're saying it's for the good of the, the you know, everybody else. We not, want our games everywhere as easy as possible, but you can't have it, and you can't yeah, have it, and you can't yeah. have it. <laughs> and all these all these big companies do this. Yeah, you know, so, do. so so no, no big surprise, but I think it just gives some context to when they're arguing with Apple and arguing with others that they're, you know, what they're wanting to do is their own store with their own cut. You know, so that's all they're looking for. They're not looking to, you know, give away games for free. They want their own store with their own cut, and then they'll do deals. That, yeah, that they, Apple right. currently yeah. do deals yeah. on, and that's what they're trying to get to. Please let us put an Epic Store on there that, so that we can get this, uh, a cut like Apple gets. Meanwhile, um, Microsoft Store has reduced their cuts down to match the Epic Store. So, like I say, we are just going to end up with a percentage somewhere that everyone agrees is the right yeah, percentage cut between right. platform and 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 provider. Uh, and we've also had a lot of news this week around the PC support and crossplay of the uh, Halo Infinite game, which we're all looking forward to. Hopefully, later this year. Uh, they've held, they've they keep holding to the fact that it will be later this year, so that's good. Um, and you've been kind of keeping abreast of that. Uh, yeah, it's just interesting. That it was, so the the real focus here was, you know, confirming multiplayer will support cross platform. They're talking about their their support of the kind of. You know, competition, hardcore. You know, they're a real focus on that, but also just emphasising, you know, support of ultra wide, support of keyboard bindings. You know, real in depth PC, which in the past have not done PCs always. So it's been like secondary for Halo, but absolutely. they're saying it's absolutely fundamental that this is a, you know, this this is a, a name this year. So it's good, good, good to see. Um, and again, do you know whether they're enforcing uh, controller play on the PC or whether they're allowing mouse and keyboard? Do we know that? Oh, mouse and keyboard. So, I mean, I've been watching. There's there's some amazing videos online. Uh, something Aim Studio or Aim Factory, where there's it's a game basically designed to help you with your aim, uh, and they can shoot things so accurate. I don't know how crossplay works in that scenario. It would be impossible for a controller player to play it and compete with 
a PC player is my reading. And that, and that's why they've kept a, away from it for so long. Um, but whether that is, I don't know, uh, is that a worry? I think so. so- so I think I think it always has been because we've seen we've seen consoles supporting keyboards and mice now. So you're thinking, how is that guy doing that? And it's you don't know what that person is doing from a controller perspective. Um, and I just I spoke to you a couple of days ago, just round. There's this three hundred quid device that that you know reduces recoil on certain games, and people are buying it in droves. Even. Yeah, yeah. So, so it, it, it always depresses me. Like people want to invest so much in cheating. <laughs> it's true but it's, it's, it's the reality there you go that is all the news for uh, our podcast um it's been um quite an interesting one it's always nice to have an apple event to talk about uh lots of interesting things happening in the games world it does seem like games are unlocking slowly um and i'm guessing also we'll see chips and game cards come sort of more relevant again as as again they get more stock as we head further into this year so I think it's going to be quite an exciting year this year, but um, yeah, it's nice to have some new products to talk about from Apple. Well, we're just we're just into May and, and start of June. In the first two weeks of June, we're going to have two big things: WWDC, which I hope we'll see iPadOS really, you know, take on leaps and bounds. It just feels so much power there that's untapped, um, and D three, you know. So I really expect, you know, some you know Microsoft to really land some. Here's the first part of the games coming this year. I just want some games to actually be released, and I know that pro- yeah. you know there are games being released and whatnot. But, no, but but we've been promised for so long now, maybe three or four years, that these big games are just around the corner, and it's it's hard work after a while waiting for them. And and the worry being, and and it's a good worry, but the worry being that that you know September, October, November, we will see the normal like Call of Duties and Fifas, but you're going to see a Halo, a Forza, a Battlefield, Busy. and a few others, and you're just like. It's almost too much at all. One Does that time. then dilute everything? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's enough for now. If you want to find out more about us, what we do, who we are, digitaloutbox.com is our web address. Info at digitaloutbox.com is our email address. And we're on Twitter as digitaloutbox. Um, I'm on Twitter as cheesyuk. Um, due out racing soon. So my racing blog is academyracer.co.uk if you want to find out all what's going on there. Uh, Ian's available are Sweeper on Twitter and his website is iandick.com. Um, I have lost Ian from the feed, so I shall just wrap up and say we will talk to you again very soon. We'll speak soon. Bye-bye. I'm still here. Oh, hello. You dropped completely off of my... Uh, your <laughs> video is dead. You're on black screen. It went... Hor- it made horrible noises and then you disappeared. Thanks, Hangouts. And I wondered, is, like, is that because we've done an hour or an hour and a half or something? And it's and it's like... It's them finally pulling the... There's still fucking two users. <laughs> <laughs> we can't pull this sodden plug out. <laughs>